At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We've been in our series regarding righteousness. And um, I tell you, I can't think of a more important topic from God's Word to be on than this right now. Nothing more important. And I see every day, everywhere you look, everywhere that I look, I'll say, I see all the time people that I talk to that don't have an understanding of the fact that they're right with God. And you're not going to get it because you heard one message from somebody. Being right with God is something that has to become established inside of you. You're, if, even if you're not born again, you're already right with God because of what Jesus did. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you accept His righteousness in, in your life. And the, and the foundational Scripture that we've read from 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For He made Him, He the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And to understand that is truly, I feel like, the most valuable, it, it, it's, the, it's the most valuable revelation that can come to your life because of what it produces. And you end up not living your life feeling guilty. And I can't get away from that. I've got several other things along in this series that, that we're going to touch. I'm not sure how long it's going to go, at least two or three more uh, that I'm going to share on this. But I can't get away from this, the, the focus of being innocent, not guilty. And so today, I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. I'm going to read one passage that we've not looked at. I'm going to remind you of some others again, but I'm going to read them in different translations today because of how vitally important it is for you to get this. Because every time I minister the Word, I'm, I've been on this series, I don't know, since when? Maybe the end of August, maybe? But every time I minister the Word, always, I look at you like you don't know anything I'm talking about. And like, even in the last messages that maybe it's been in one ear and out the other. But what I'm believing is, is that the word that goes out will not return void, but accomplish great things in your life. That's what I'm believing for you. Amen? So today, just open yourself up to receive this, because I'm telling you right now, it is the, it is the most valuable message and revelation that you can get a hold of in your life. I don't care how much of it you think you know, you don't know anything like you need to know it. And we have to live with that. We have to live that way all the time. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 that I just read, I want to read this also in the New Living Translation. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. So Jesus was made one thing, so we could be made another thing. 
He was made sin. <clears throat> and, and I feel like it's a, it's, it's a little deeper, goes a little deeper than being made that. He actually became that. He, 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 he didn't just take it on himself, but he became the sin. He became the mistakes that you and I have made. He became those things. And he never did anything wrong. He didn't have to do that. But the Father loved us so much that He gave Jesus. And Jesus loved us so much that He didn't do His will. He did the will of the Father. Mm, 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 mm. <clears throat> I, I'm going to say this, and, and, and then I'm going to say it, and then you'll hear it, and then we'll, I'll remind you of it again toward the end of my message. But I'm telling you today that God... Is as, he, he's as pleased with you as He is with Himself. God is as pleased with you as He is with Himself. Keep thinking about that as we go through this today. <clears throat> So, what is revealed to us in righteousness, and I want to give you this, my definition that I've changed a few times, but I'm going to, it's the same as last week. But my definition of righteousness is doing what's right or being right, but being innocent. Righteousness is being innocent. and, and, And that innocence comes from a heart that is free from guilt, sin, and shame to the point that in your eyes it never happened. Because in God's eyes it never happened. And it's hard to, it's hard to connect with that because you know what you've done. You know mistakes that you've made. And in this life, you know, in all of our lives, we've got people that want to continually remind us of the mistakes that we've made. You, any, any thought that comes to your head to remind you of a mistake is not God. And any words you hear in the natural reminding you of your mistakes is not from God. Mm-mm. It can't. He can't operate that way. God cannot operate from a sin mentality. It's impossible. And what happened to Jesus in being made sin, taking sin upon Himself, He was made sin with your sin. And and if that's not true, then you're not saved. But it's true. And today I declare that you and I are born again. Amen? If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, then you're born again. If you haven't, no day like today to receive Him. But in accepting Him, I accepted righteousness, innocence. And the innocence of God has to be revealed to us. It has to be something 
that becomes more and more real to you every day. In the, in the passages of Scripture that we're going to read for the rest of this message, all of it's about you and I becoming innocent in our thinking. That means you have to think like God. Because God sees you innocent. Can you say amen? <clears throat> um, so, I'm innocent no matter what I've done. Now, I know people that just that statement scares them. Because I've had people tell me, Pastor, you teach something like that, then people are going to just take the liberty to do whatever they want to do. See, see that, to me, that statement right there is so backwards because people are already doing what they want to do. Right? You are doing whatever you want to do. Maybe you're not doing what you're doing in front of other people, but you're doing whatever you want to do. You want to eat a half a gallon of bluebell ice cream every single night? I don't know too many people have the guts to admit that they could do that. But if you want to do that, you'll do it. You're doing whatever you want to do. What I'm talking about is having the power to do what He wants me to do. That's what I'm talking about. And when you know you're innocent, I mean, I know today by the understanding and knowledge that I've gained about the physical body, that eating certain things are not good for my body. They'll, they'll take you out early like other things that other people think would. But eating wrong is not good for your physical body. And, I, you know, along the way you learn a little of this, a little of that. You kind of listen to your body. You understand. You get ideas from people. You glean from certain healthcare professionals. And you get ideas, you know, because, it's, I mean, there's, I mean, ideas about the physical body are a dime a dozen. But you've got to know by your spirit what works for you, okay? And to eat what's right when nobody's looking and nobody's holding a gun to your head, is something that I have overcome in my life that I struggled with for years. Because when I got off of drugs and alcohol and those kind of things after I got born again, I got off of them because I didn't even like them. I don't know why I did them. From the time I was 10 or 12 years old, I was on drugs and alcohol and did them, and I, I didn't even like them. But everybody else did it, so I did it. And so when I got off of that, and got off of kind of those addictions that, that you create, even though you don't like them, you create those things. All my stuff just shifted to food. Thank God for a lot of years my metabolism was very high, so I was burning everything off, you know. I ate everything that wasn't tied down. As long as it wasn't moving, I'd eat it. 
But to have the victory to shut your mouth and make a choice not to eat certain things, I didn't know, I honestly have to admit that there was a time I didn't know that I could come to that place. But the only reason I'm at that place is because what I'm sharing with you today. None other. You don't have the ability to do that. And you know what? What you eat is not about how thin or how heavy or how this or whatever you are. It's about self-control. See, because I I eat right not to be thinner. I eat right to be healthy. And I eat right because I believe it pleases God. But you know what? I'm free to do that because I'm innocent. And you know what? The reason I brought up Bluebell is because, you know, Bluebell's in my past. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I can still eat it. If I want to every once in a while, I can eat it. I, you know, but but the, 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 the victory is, is that if I eat something, I don't find myself back in it again. But it took me a lot of years to get there because this had to be revealed. And when you're innocent, man, you can do anything. Sky's the limit. There's no end to what God, what you can do because God can trust you. He can trust you. And I'm saying to you, when you know you're innocent, then you want to do right because it's right. Not because, well, you know, if I, don't do, if I don't do this right, then what are they going to say? you got to get rid of that. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day what other people say. You know, we all hold a realm of authority in other people's lives where people look to you. You don't, you don't want your life to affect other people that are working through things in their lives, you know. So there's times when, when what you do, you know, if you're still struggling with something, everybody in the world doesn't need to know that you're struggling with it because you don't want it to be, to, be a, to be a hindrance to someone else. Do, can you say amen? But we don't want to live that way the rest of our life. We want to live on top because that's where Jesus is. He said we can live in victory over things. We don't have to be people that are always cleaning up the mess for the things that we've done wrong. Thank God for the mercy and the grace of God because it's new and it's fresh every day in our lives. But I don't want to live with a pooper scooper all the time. Huh? I don't want to live that way. I refuse. I choose to live right. I'm choosing that. I didn't say it's all perfect and I do everything right. I'm just saying I'm choosing to do what's right. No matter what. Can you say amen? Amen. I said this to you last week before I read this next verse. But here's the thing. I've noticed this. At least maybe it's just with me. Maybe it's not with you. But in my life, when I was carrying guilt around with me, kind of like a ball and chain, like a bag full of heavy stuff, when I was carrying guilt and shame around with me, um, when you're guilty, everybody else is guilty. And that's something to really think about. I know that's the way it was in my life. And so, the one thing that, when you're guilty, the thing that you keep 
strong in your life is justification. You've got to justify your position when you're guilty and, and looking for blame in other people, in other people's guilt, so that the focus and the light is off of you. I can say today, if I've got something wrong, I want the light on me. Because the light is the Word of God. Huh? The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will reveal to me the things that I need. And, and when justification is out, when you're not justifying your place and position in life, whew, it is so free. You, 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 you're so free to do what's right and so free to admit that you've screwed up and you've done wrong. That's where the wrong stuff gets out of your life. Now, you're, now, now and, and I say this to you all the time, when you're not judging other people, when you're not justifying your position, when you're not angry, when you're not trying to, you know, see the guilt and the, and the wrong in other people, you can pray for other people. Because you know what? Other people have mistakes. I'm not saying that what you're seeing or what you're experiencing is not mistakes, because people have mistakes. But man, when you're praying in faith for the good of someone else, that their eyes be opened up, that wisdom and revelation is coming to them, whoo, man, then other people can get free. So see, now you're, you're, you're a freedom bomb just looking for some place to explode. Amen? Not putting guilt on people and making them feel like they're wrong and all that kind of mess. Woo, glory to God. Amen? 1 John 4, 17. <clears throat> We've read this a few times. Love has been perfected in us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. And I've said to you, you know, there's a, there's a number of different angles that you can see this verse at, but here, here's what I see from this verse. As I'm developing in my life, day to day, who I am in Him, then I'm becoming like Him in the earth, so that when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, then I'm not guilty. See, the thing, the thing, that, the thing that you're going to have to answer for in life at the judgment seat of Christ, and the judgment seat of Christ is a real place, you're going to be judged for your actions that you didn't repent of. He's going to judge you for those. Well, you mean uh, God's going to judge me there and, and, and because I did all these wrong things, He's going to send me to hell? That goes against what the Bible says. You're already forgiven. But I don't know where the judgment there goes. I don't know where it goes or what happens from then. I don't know if like when we're face to face with Him, when we're in heaven and the things that we didn't repent for, I don't know if... Um, you know, he judges me, and Bert, because you, you wouldn't deal with that self-justification, because you wouldn't accept my innocence, what, what the blood of Jesus did for you, I need you to go over here into this classroom, and I need you to learn some things that you wouldn't learn on planet Earth. Maybe. I don't, I don't get anything real clear about it, but I know God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if you didn't, by faith, learn to get rid of things, and Romans 2, go look at it, 
Romans chapter 2, I'm not going to go there, but Romans chapter 2 says, about verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and somewhere in there, says that, that we will be judged for the things we did not repent of. And so, this verse of Scripture in 1 John 4, 17 is saying to me that when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, because I was like, I was like He was on the earth, because I dealt with myself, didn't mean everything is perfect when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but everything is repented for because you're not holding on to this self-justification mode, this self-righteous mode, this fear of guilt and sin and shame. When all along the blood of Jesus has been pled over your life, and the blood of Jesus says, you are not guilty. So see, looking at God and His nature in that way versus the way I've heard Him preach before, before the judgment seat of Christ, is a little bit different. But you know what? That doesn't lo- cause me to loosen my hold to do what's right here. Man, I want to be even more right that I can stand before Him. Well done, Bert. Good job. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for paying attention to what I'm saying to you. Thank you for not just ignoring these issues and these things in in, in life. Thank you for that. That's that's my Father. That's the God I know today like I've never known Him before. And that's the way it should be. I've been saved for 45 years. I know Him today in a way as a daddy, as a true father that I've never known before. And what I'm sharing with you today is out of the experience and the relationship that I've I've come to know. And and I keep keep seeing this when when that day comes. Listen, when you're talking, you know what? Never be afraid about thinking about heaven. Like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about over there and that's going to hurry up. No, I'm not hurrying up. I'm going to be here for a long time. But you know what? Thinking about that and thinking about standing before Him not guilty... And him using those words, well done. You know why? Because he's as pleased with me as he is Jesus, and that's what he told Jesus when he came up out of the water when John baptized him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Those are the words I expect to hear because I expect to do what's right every day. That's what I'm expecting because I'm not guilty. Not me trying in my own abilities to be good enough. And and the harder I try, the worse it gets. Because I'm innocent. Glory to God. Just take a moment. Thank God right now. Just thank Him that you're innocent. Just thank Him. Thank Him just, just for a moment. Just close your eyes and thank Him and thank Him for the innocence that He has given to you and I. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. As I read this 
Next passage, I'm going to read it in a different translation. I've read this, in, not last week, but I think a couple of weeks ago I read this. But before I read this, I just want to say this. When you don't know that you're righteous and you don't know that you're innocent, you live life putting up with so much crapola. You live your life putting up with so much stuff that you don't have to put up with. And in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, I'm going to read this in the passage, the passage translation. And just, just hear it. There's something about the blessing on the reading of the Word when you're talking about a specific subject that causes the Word to come out of what you're reading and minister to you. So I'm expecting that right now. Verse 5. Yes, receive it now. Ahead of time. This is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. This is the Apostle John saying We now repeat his words to you. These are his words to you and I. God is pure light. You'll never find even a trace of darkness in him. Zero. No sin. None. He became sin. He destroyed sin. He rose on the third day, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and it's a finished deal. If we claim that we share life with him, but we keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So, what I'm going to interject right there in that passage of Scripture is this. We say that we're walking with Him, and we remain in self-justification. We're lying to ourselves because when you're practicing the truth and putting, putting the Word like an axe to the root, you get delivered. I didn't say today, I didn't say in two days, but I'm saying over time, you're experiencing the deliverance of the darkness or the unrighteousness. Because self-justification is, self is, is, self is unrighteousness. You're living your life trying to acquire things to be right. You're not innocent. You're carrying it. And you're trying to create a world or a life that is not real. Because it won't produce. The harder you try, the worse it gets. That's what he's saying right here. But the, but the, but the reading of the Scripture here is so amazing. Everything that he says... See, he didn't leave you hanging with that verse right there. <clears throat> but if we keep living, next verse, if we keep living in the pure light, what's that? The Word of God that surrounds Him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. Everybody say unbroken. Not broken, but unbroken. And the blood of Jesus... His Son 
the blood of Jesus, His Son, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, His Son. I'm sorry, I didn't read that right. The blood of Jesus, His Son. I'm going to read it again. The blood of Jesus, His Son, continually cleanses us from all sin. And listen, what does a continual cleansing do? A continual cleansing cleanses you of mistakes like you never made them. It continually cleanses you of mistakes as though you never made them. Now, I don't know about you, but what that says to me, why would I want to continue to make the mistakes if He's cleansing me? The more you see yourself innocent and not guilty, and the sin and the shame and the guilt is gone, man, you stop and think before you make choices and decisions, and you choose to do things His way, not yours. If we boast, next verse, if we boast that we have no sin, what's that? Pride. Oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't do that, or I didn't do that, or that wasn't because of that. Well, if so-and-so hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have done Self-justification. You do not want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ with that mess. You don't want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ with that mess. Because of the lack of the revelation of what I'm talking to you about today, most people blame other people for their issues. You're mad at somebody. You're mad about a situation. You're, you're angry about this. This isn't working right. Anytime that I get upset or angry, it's because of what someone else has done. If it was just me on a deserted island, Huh? Nice cool glass of lemonade on a lounger chair, wind blowing in my hair. No issues. Maybe I'd get mad because the wind's blowing too hard. But more than likely, not. When you're upset about something, it's because of what someone else has done. When my children were little, my wife and I would tell our children all the time, you cannot let what your other sister did or someone else did affect the way you make decisions in your life. If I've said that to them once, I've said it to them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And to this day, I say it to so many people, you cannot allow what someone else does to affect the way you respond and act. How people treat me is a reflection of them. How I respond to what they do is a reflection of me. And that's just the way it is. Because I'm coming to you with something that is the heart of God. He wants you to stand before Him as clean 
as Jesus was when He came up out of the water. And the only way that will happen is if you believe you're innocent. You see the the different twist on that? It's not going to be if you, the only way that's going to happen is if you do everything right. No, no. That's not it. We didn't do it right. And all of our unrighteousness He took on Himself. God already knows what we haven't done right, and He knows before you do it. And when you do what's not right, you're already forgiven. But the more that you get plugged into the fact that you're innocent before you did it, I'm telling you, it creates in you the desire not to want to do it. And we will never get to the place of being on top of what I'm talking about today, living in a place of authority over it. Or we're allowing every human being on the planet to affect the decisions and the choices that we make. It'll never work. Yeah, but Pastor, you just don't know what they did. Start praying for them. Yeah, but you know, I don't even, you know, I don't even want to pray for them. Okay? So do it anyway. Well, yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah, but if you start praying for them, you're going to want to. Yeah, but, you know, they, they know exactly what they're... I mean, listen, the list, it's like a scroll. Right? There's only one good reason to do what I'm telling you to do, because it's right. Nothing else. All day long, we could talk excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. I have the Holy Ghost. He lives inside of me. I have the ability to pray in other tongues. So when I don't know how to pray, I don't know what to do, I can pray in other tongues with the understanding. I'm growing in that. After 45 years, I'm growing in my understanding of that in a greater way than I ever have before, and that's the way it should be. I have the Word of God, Jesus, the living Word, the light at my disposal. What am I doing with that? I'm applying it on a day-to-day basis. I have a daily routine of the Word that gets stronger and stronger because I believe in it more and more all the time. So I have no excuse. So when things don't work out on a day-to-day basis, I have no excuse, but I promise you, everybody in here has probably said it at one time or another, and I've heard probably thousands of people say this, and I've said it myself. doesn't seem like that I had certain problems or things got stirred up until I started listening to the Word. The Bible covers that too. The enemy comes immediately to steal the Word that's been sown in your heart. Why? Because it does all this. If you don't quit, you'll reap. So it doesn't have to look pretty. You don't have to look like you're all on top of everything and everything's working just perfect. It doesn't have to look pretty. You just have to do it. And at the end of the day, when you stand before God face to face, when you're through in this life, and you hear those words, Well done.
it's worth, it's worth the fight. It's worth not quitting. It's worth staying in the battle. It's worth it, all of it, because of what He's done and what He's accomplished for us. Amen? If we boast that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and are strangers to the truth because of the pride. But if we freely admit that we're in pride, when His light uncovers them, He will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ, and He will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we claim that we're not guilty of any sin when God uncovers it with His light, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. Chapter 2 and verse 1. You are my dear children, and I write these things to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we continually, having a forgiving Redeemer who is face-to-face with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. So, say it out of your mouth, I'm forgiven. I'm free. I'm innocent. I am not guilty. Can you say amen? Glory to Jesus. Amen? So, I'm going to try to just read this last passage to you without paraphrasing, but sometimes that's not as easy as said as done. But I'm going to read to you just five verses from what I read to you last week out of Romans 8. I'm going to read six verses, uh, no, five verses, 29 through 34. But I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. I want you to hear this. Verse 29 of Romans chapter 8. For he knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. Somebody ask you, what's your destiny? Not to be like Mike, but to be like Jesus. He destined me already for that. That's why when I do what he says, then I start looking like that. I start looking and acting like him. Because he already destined me, but i got to do what he says. This means the son, Jesus, the head of the church, He is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like Him. (laughs) That's us. We are becoming just like Him, but we're going to stand before Him just the way He is on the earth because we're going to keep doing it this way. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, He called us to Himself 
and transferred His perfect righteousness to everyone He called. And He didn't miss any of you. Well, you know, He's talking about those He called. No, He called you. He called you. And those who possess this perfect righteousness, gosh, when I read that today, I was looking at this the other day, but, but I read it again today before I, before I was going to preach this. And it just struck me. He co-glorified us with His Son. The glory that's on Him is on us because we're one with Him. <laughs> that's what He said. He co-glorified. Listen to me. That doesn't mean that we're the deity of God. There's Him, there's Father, there's Son, there's Holy Spirit, and then there's us. We're not Him, but we're His children. Like, your children are not you, but they came from you. But we have all the rights that He says we have the rights to. So the glory that's on Jesus is the same glory on me. I just got to act like Him. And this, you know, not like acting like Him, trying to do what you're, no. It's like I've got to demonstrate His likeness as a result of the revelation that I have of who I am in Him. So what does all this mean? Great question. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? And, and, and what's, the que- what's the answer to that question? Nobody. No devil, no demon in hell, no person, no nothing. That's why I don't have to be, I don't have to respond to ugliness with ugliness because of what he's done. See, nobody that appears like they're getting away with something with you will ever get away with anything because you reap what you sow. But the problem is, when I respond to ugliness with ugliness, I'm reaping too. But thank God, I don't have to. Woo! I don't have to. I'm going to say it again. I don't have to. I don't have to be ugly. And man, I've been ugly. But only to the people that deserved it. <laughs> you, know, you understand? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a good guy to people that are good to me. Had to turn the tables on that thing. Because I was reaping some ugly, ugly harvest. And then I was going to stand before him. What's the deal? I mean, I, I feel like God would talk to me. What, what was the deal there? I wanted you to live in my glory. I wanted you to live in a prosperous, healthy, and an on-top way like never before. And you just chose. I mean, the, 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 the guy that cut you off in traffic, why did you do that and keep doing that? The guy that did this right here, the person on the phone that you didn't like it because you couldn't understand them and you got mad at them. And I'm not talking about things that I've done in the past. I said, why did you do that? (laughs) 
can't tell you how many people from probably India or somewhere that I've talked to with some company here that I've prayed for to receive Jesus as their Savior. Because I'm not doing it. And I'm not going to be ugly to it. And I'm not going to be mad. Or whatever it is that gets you mad or gets you upset or stirred up about whatever. I'm not doing it. Because I'm standing here face to face with Him. Slate clean. Hmm? You know what Jesus said right before He left? The devil has nothing in me. You and I can say the exact same thing if we live a life of repentance and then do what's right. We're not perfect like Him. But what we're, what we're doing is we're walking in the perfection that He empowered us with. But you could never do that without Him. Did you hear me? And since God... And since God freely offered up as the sacrifice for us all, He certainly won't withhold from us anything else He has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those, say me, whom God has chosen in His love to be His? God Himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them, guilty as charged? Not guilty. So who cares what other people say when they try to tell you that you're guilty? He already said, I'm not guilty. You can tell me whatever. You know what? If you've made some horrible mistake, you've done things in the past, you've hurt other people or whatever, yeah, you have to go to people. You have to repent about things. You have to deal with yourself as God tells you to, okay? But at the end of the day, you leave it at the cross. You cast the care of that thing over onto Him, and you move on because you're not guilty. And this is, this is tough, but this is the truth. I've heard testimonies of people that have killed and mutilated people and being on death row. And they got born again and for 15, 16 years in prison before they were actually executed. They had been set free and liberated. And I've heard a number of different testimonies of that. But those people said, you know what? I don't deserve to live because of what I did, but I know I'm forgiven. And you know what? They'll stand because they've repented. Even though they've done ugly things and, and they hurt. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being good with that? If somebody did that to somebody in your family or somebody very close, could you imagine being good with that? But what we're talking about here, and that's an extreme situation, but that's the forgiveness we're talking about. You're innocent, but so are they innocent, just like you're innocent. Because somebody that did some of the testimonies like that that I've heard of, those people did what they did not knowing the Savior that they finally came to get to know. They didn't know Him. People are not bad by nature. You get the devil off of them and out of them, and you get Jesus in them, and people become good. Every human being, because every human being was created good in the image of God. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so then, last couple of verses. So then... 
Uh, no, who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one. For He gave His life for us. And even more than that, He has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at His right hand. So how could He possibly condemn us since He is continually praying for our triumph? I'm telling you today, Jesus does not condemn you for your mistakes. Jesus has liberated you. He sits at the right hand of the Father praying for you. He ever lives to make intercession on your behalf so that you can see clearly, know and understand things, and make the changes and the alterations that you need to make for the rest of your life. you got the rest of this time to work this out. I don't know about you, but I'm standing before Him, pure and clean and not guilty and free of anything and everything that the enemy would try to convince me is so, because it's not so. I'm free, and I'll stand before Him, and I will hear those words. How about you? I'm not saying that in pride. I'm saying I will hear those words. Well done. Bert, well done. Good job. Thank you for taking heed to the things that I was showing you and applying those principles day to day in your life. Thank you for doing that. How many believe that today? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.